Hello, and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help businesses, brands, and entrepreneurs get more out of their marketing and advertising spend. On today's episode, we have Jim Marsh from Artiberry Marsh and Tan Fruit, one of the leading winemakers in the state of Oregon, producing fine Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. How are you? Doing great, Luke. Thank you. So tell us a bit more about how you got into this position. Obviously, it's a pretty unique place to be. Young man with a couple of wine brands. So break us down your whole kind of journey and how you got here. Well, I uh, grew up on the farm, grew up on the vineyard in Dundee here. And uh, it's a hundred acre vineyard. So pretty big, pretty big property. I didn't have any neighborhood kids or anything to play with. So I uh, was exposed to farming at an early age, did a lot of farming growing up. That's the negative thing about growing up on the vineyard is you get put to work a lot. You know, when I was going through Portland Community College, I took Economics 101 and got this great teacher. One of his biggest things was play your comparative advantages in life whatever they may be. And I thought to myself, what are my comparative advantages? And I grew up on a vineyard and I knew something about growing grapes and making wine. And I figured that I could do pretty good at that if I got started early and started paying attention to it, getting better. So that's how I really started taking it seriously and looking at drinking wine and making wine, selling wine, all that stuff. Yeah, I really have two main wine brands, which is first being Arterberry Marsh and the other being Tan Fruit. And the first one, Arterberry Marsh, was started in 05. And that came from grapes from the farm growing up. The Arterberry Marsh brand basically buys Pinot Noir and a little bit of Chardonnay, mostly all coming from the uh, home property. I just recently started a winery called Tan Fruit. And that is 100% Chardonnay currently. Not going to rule out doing any other different grapes, but primarily that's a Chardonnay brand. And Oregon Chardonnay is something that's on the rise big time. The climate uh, fits the grape really well, and winemakers here in the state are getting better and better at processing the Chardonnay into better wines. There's the potential is very high. The ceiling's very high for what Oregon can do with Chardonnay. When you look at Chardonnays from the greatest region in, in the world being Burgundy, France, the prices are astronomical. So even being the second best region in the world for Chardonnay means that bottle prices, there's a big time reward for that. So talk us through your stylistic approach. I know there's some differences between making Chardonnay versus Pinot Noir, and you have your own method to the madness. So break that down for us and let us know the Jim Marsh method. Marsh Vineyard was planted in 1970, making it the fifth oldest vineyard in the state of Oregon. And that's more than just history. Vine age directly translates to quality, especially when it comes to Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir, really, the the older the vines, the better the wine. There's a lot of things when it comes to wine, you know, science can't really run a study on and analyze. 
because of this and this, there's this, but just some things are true based upon constant observation. And old vines, when it comes to Pinot Noir especially, really adds to the complexities of the wine. Some young vines can be ripe and proper and balanced, but a lot of times they lack the complexity that you would want from the greatest wines. There's just not as much going on. They're good and they're simple, but they're not much to think about. So really having these old vines for Pinot Noir means showcasing those vines, not covering up the expression of the vines with new barrels full of oak or anything else that'll distract from just translating in a very clear picture the signature of those vines, what those vines do, what they smell, that signature smell, that signature taste, and all of those complexities. Your main goal is to just highlight that and get out of the way. Don't do anything to cloud that up. But when it comes to Chardonnay, it's much more of a different story. It really needs a winemaker to push it to a certain push it into what they want it to become. I have a certain wine that I'm trying to make out of the grapes rather than just putting the grapes through the process and whatever happens. There's just a million different things that you could do. There's a million different pathways to go down. Well, when it comes to Pinot Noir, I really only see one pathway and that's just let the fruit, let the vines express themselves as clearly as possible. With Chardonnay, you get to doll it up. So if all of that was product development, let's shift gears here a little bit and get into sales and marketing. I know that wine is a little bit challenging or alcohol in general because of the three-tier distribution system, and that has an impact on how you can sell and what you're able to do. So break that down for us and how you handle that situation when marketing and distributing your wine. So the wine three-tier system is basically you have distributors that will sell your wine. They buy the wine at 50% of retail and they pay for all the transportation of the wine to their warehouses in their various states and countries. They have a sales team which takes the wines out to restaurants, wine shops, wherever wine is sold, pours the wines, makes the transactions, and then generally pays in the 60 days terms. I, I really like distributors because they do all the work. With an email here and there, I can move a lot of wine with these distributors and they appreciate it. They're also the least fickle customer that you have simply because they're there every single year buying the wine while somebody who you're selling direct to, maybe their seller got full and uh, now they're done buying wine. The next tier would be the wholesale level and wholesale would basically mean I'm in Oregon. And for example, I just started tan fruit and I am self-distributing tan fruit in Oregon, which basically means that a wine shop calls me up and they say, hey, we want 25 cases. And I say, all right, I'll be there on the third. And I roll up there, get the, the hand cart out, start loading cases off my truck, run them into the winery, give them an invoice and check. And then I'm moving on to the next spot. And 
The next is, you know, full retail, which is great. However, that's also labor intensive because now you've got emails coming straight to you saying, hey, when's my wine shipping and uh, this and that. So that takes up time. A lot of that involves shipping wine around the country, which for the most part, I can pretty much ship to any state. There's a few, I think there's a couple of states that aren't allowed. And uh, yeah, it's great getting the retail, especially, you know, when you get big publicity, people are always, you know, emailing you looking for that. So you send out a blast, comes in, I got a, got a website that, that, has a nice shopping cart and works out pretty smooth. Box up a whole bunch of wine and ship it out. If you think about the various places that customers can convert for Artiberry and Tanfruit, they can convert at the tasting room for your email list, at a restaurant in some other country, but you lose out on a lot of those customer relationships. So my question to you, from a customer journey perspective or customer experience perspective, what is the sort of ideal model in the wine business that would allow you to build a really big brand? I think there's, so that's almost two separate questions because what's the best customer experience? That would be to come to the winery, sit down, relax, eat some food, drink some wine, have that all be at the same time, have direct one-on-one with the winemaker. That's the ideal tasting room visit that I know that a customer would appreciate, and I would certainly. What's really effective for growing a brand is probably making the best wine you possibly can and then send it around and look for some publicity on it, give a good write-up on it. That's probably the best thing I can come up with, but that's what's worked for me is just making the best wine that I like and seeing if there's some people that'll enjoy it and give it some publicity. You mentioned publicity, so I wanted to bring that up again. There's obviously still a few major players out there that are running the media space about what is or what is not quality wine. Dive into that a little bit. What is your PR strategy and how you've been dealing with that and you've been successful at it? So what's the secret sauce? Wine is a pretty traditional old industry. And basically you just trying to make the best wine you can from the best grapes that are out there. And then you have some critics that'll come taste the wine and some like the wines more than others. And those are the ones you promote. And of all the things that I've built with the, the winery, the best is probably the network of distributors who are always gung-ho to sell the wine and always want more product. And it's a comforting feeling because you just know that the, the network's strong and these people are there every year for the product. So you feel comfortable making more with that. I probably wouldn't feel as comfortable relying strictly upon retail sales. Last but not least, tell the audience where they can find your wines and where they can pick up Artiberry Marsh and Tanfruit. We always like to end with a plug. So let everybody know where they can pick up this highly rated wine. Artiberry Marsh is, I've already sold the wine on the website that I had to offer. So I'm not really selling any more Artiberry. There's a couple of wine shops in Portland who can get access to most anything. They always call me up ordering wine. So you would check out Avalon Wines. And also you could try Mount Tabor fine wines in Portland. 
And tan fruit, the wines turned out really good in 2019. That's the current release. And I'm going to, I'm some currently selling the wines. So they got some, they got some nice reviews by the wine advocate. And that's actually available at arterberrymarsh.com. And the reviews are up there. So yeah, everybody can check that out. I appreciate it. So I think Jim's being a bit shy. I think the lowest score he received in the Wine Advocate was a 96 with multiple 99s across Artiberry and the tan fruit labels. So for everybody who's into wine or just wants to explore with an Oregon Pinot Noir or Chardonnay, please Google tan fruit and check out Jim Marsh. We're going to put the links to all that stuff in the description for this podcast and for the video. Thanks again, Jim, for being on the show. You heard it here first, folks. This is the Attribution Marketing Podcast, signing off.